again. Welcome to another episode of the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, tonight, we're talking a lot about pitchers. Uh, we've been sort of jumping around with the topics. Tonight, I just want to talk pitching. Joe Bond's on the line. Joe, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm glad the Skype connection worked smoothly for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, last time. Better than last time I was worried you weren't going to show up. Um, right. <laughs> so, so I was a little panicked. I didn't know I was going to talk about it for an hour. This was nice. It was, uh, I'm pretty calm right now. Uh, so we're, going to, we're going to get into the pitching. Uh, but before we do that, I have wanted to brand our, our podcast. We need a name. We can't just keep calling it the Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We need like a name or something. Um, so do you have any ideas, Joe? Shoot. Oh, I man, mean, obviously I'm, not at this very second, but yeah. Um, listeners, this is more for the listeners. If you guys have ideas, you should you should tweet them at us. Uh, I am at the real Travioli. Joe, you are what's at yours? fantasy at fantasy six pack. All at spelled fantasy out. Six pack, or just at so called fantasy expert. Right. You guys, you guys can have a part of the show. You can. I, I'm not too proud to. I'm not too proud to beg for some good names, guys. So if you come up with something, let us know. It's just this is on iTunes now. People are downloading it. I want them to have like a cool name in their podcast library. Not that the so-called fantasy experts fantasy baseball podcast isn't great. It's very literal. It gets right to the point. But uh, you know, I want to snap it up a little bit. Anyway. Now that we've moved on past that, Joe, how's everything going with your uh, fantasy teams, with your baseball life? Uh, good, good. I'm actually uh, top of the standards in a bunch of my leagues, so I'm happy there. Um, not doing as well in the Chandler Park League this month as I was last month, but uh, I'm ha- I'm hanging in there. <laughs> well, you already won once, so I guess that's that's nice enough. Uh, I have fallen to the I think I've fallen to exactly last place in our league room with Chris Myers. Um, my, I think I have like nine or ten players in the DL, so I'm just going to pack it in in that dynasty league and go for next season, I think. But, um, again, like we've talked a lot throughout this whole season so far, like hot players, streaks, strategy, stuff like that. Um, and now we're starting in the swing of the season. I kind of wanted to move into, you know, giving some advice on players that are actually playing. So a lot of times I have questions and I want answers. I'm sure a lot of listeners do too. So we're just going to go through some pitching topics, who's a good pitcher, all that good stuff. Um, Sounds good. So first off, who do you think the best pitcher so far has been? What's your What's your opinion on this? Because I know everybody has their the guy that they think is the, uh, the, the top dog right now. According to CBS.com, Shelby Miller is the highest pitcher right now. Uh, I'm sure that's not who most people would choose, but uh, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, strictly numbers-wise, Shelby like Miller you... is the best pitcher right now, but um, I, I would oh. not choose him over a lot of people if I had my choices. Yeah. Um, that's that's you're drafting today, and you're taking – you're like, all right, I'm the first one to take a pitcher. Obviously, I take Shelby Miller. Obviously, he's been great. Uh, I'm not sure this is sustainable. But you know, the no, I don't think it is. Um, so who would you go with? That's uh, I mean, that's a tough choice. I I think it's still early enough that I'm going to give Kershaw the the benefit of the doubt here and and say he turns it around. I mean, he's still striking out a lot of guys. He's just allowing a lot more runs, which is kind of unusual for him. Um, but I, I think I'm going to still give him the benefit of the doubt. But I'd have to say Scherzer has closed the gap quite a bit there, um, and it was already pretty close, I would say. Um, but I'm still going to I'm still gonna give Kershaw the the, the one up there and, and say I would take him over, over all the pitchers. See, I am – maybe this is just I'm tired of Kershaw, but I think I would go with Scherzer. Um, he has – I don't know if you could say he's quiet – he's been quietly good because the – the Nationals got off to such a terrible start, and everybody thought mm-hmm. this super team was about to blow up. Um, he was really good in that first month. He didn't win a lot of games. I think he had two one loss 
losses or a, t- a couple tough lo- losses, but of that vaunted Nationals pitching rotation, he's been the best player and the only one who's really lived up to the billing. Um, yeah. His ERA is 1.7, I think. He's got a sub one whip. He's striking out almost 70 people so far in. I don't. I'm gonna look up how many innings he has, but I don't know. He just seems like he's he's coming on strong. That NL East is, except for the Braves, who are surprisingly hot. I'm still not thrilled with all of the batting that the, that's in there, so I'm not too worried about that. But uh, it is really strange what's going on with Kershaw. I don't I don't know why it's happening. I can't say I'm not a little happy about it because I don't own him in any league, uh, and it's kind of nice to see the the guy who paid $15 for Kershaw or whatever, or $40 for Kershaw, sort of get beat up a little bit. But um, I don't know. What do you think is going on with him? I mean, honestly, I think he's getting kind of unlucky at this point. I mean, he if you look at his numbers, his his FIP and his XFIP are you know, 2.71 and 2.17. And his ERA, of course, is 4.24. So that means he's, he's getting a tad unlucky. Um, I'd have to, I haven't analyzed his numbers, but... You know, he he's given up. He, he's walking a couple more batters than last year. Um, he he's well, given up just, twice as many I, home runs as he did last year. But I mean, we're talking point four per nine to point eight point uh, point eight eight per nine. So I mean, that obviously has a little something to do with it. But <laughs> I I think he's just getting kind of unlucky. I mean, his bad bip is all the way up to 349, so that that's bound to drop a little bit for him. That's that's pretty high, um, and that's that's lowered his left on base percentage to 64, almost 65. So that's you know those those are indications that he's getting pretty unlucky. And the fact that his FIP and his XFIP are in the twos means he's going to come back down, and he's going to be Kershaw. And the rest of his numbers are pretty pretty on point. You know, his, his strikeouts are still there. So I'm I'm thinking he's gonna he's gonna be himself soon. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, uh, looking at it, an 11.65 K per nine. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think you pointed out with the home runs, it's like it's at 18 percent right now. It's his home run fly ball rate. So when people are hitting the ball, it's it's getting out of the park. Which obviously, I think the average career is like six almost seven percent. So that should drop down. Um, but kind of brings me to a topic I was hoping to get to later, but now that Ryan Kershaw. Um, and that's Zach Greinke. Uh, he's been out. He's 5-0. and His ERA is there, too. He's pitching like Kershaw. Maybe not with the strikeouts, but um, do you think Zach Greinke, and I know he's been an ace before, but do you think he's back up to that elite tier, sort of like uh, a couple of years ago when the Tigers had Verland but his peak and Scherzer won the Cy Young. Um, it sort of came out of not nowhere, but like people were expecting to go to the Verlander. Granky uh, have that sort of rise to the top this year. It's very possible. I mean, it's not like he hasn't done it before. Um, I've always kind of considered Granky just right outside of that that top tier of pitchers. I've always considered him in that second tier of guys, uh, but is very capable of being in that first tier. Uh, and, he, and he, for some reason, never gets that recognition during draft season. He always seems to slip into the the 12th, 13th, 14th pitcher that's taken, and I've never really figured out why. Um, but, I mean, he, he's proving this year that he is one of the elite. Now, I don't yeah. think he's going to keep up the pace he's on now with a one-and-a-half whip or ERA, but I mean, he's he's very capable. I mean, he's won fifteen, sixteen, seventeen games the last few years. Pretty, you know, really good whip below three the last couple of years. He's very capable of being one of the best pitchers in the league, and I don't see any reason why it's going to stop. I think there are two reasons he sort of gets um, undervalued. One being he's had a little bit of an injury history. Um, Really, since he's come to the Dodgers, he hasn't had too much of an injury history. It was more with the Royals and Brewers, I think, um, just early in his career. Um, right, very early in his career. Just so when people remember him as like a high prospect and he was hurt and he didn't sort of 
he didn't live up to the huge expectations he had as a Royal, which, I mean, the Royals were terrible in the mid-2000s, so it was hard for anybody to play good. And then when he's on the Dodgers, he had that fluke injury where um, who charged the mound and, like, broke the collarbone. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember now. They, and the guy hit, that guy hit, like, 40 home runs one year in Chicago. Uh, we'll figure it out at some point. But there's been fluky injuries. Uh, but I really think the thing is he just doesn't strike out as many people. Carlos as, Quinton. Carlos Quinton, that's it. That's the guy who, like, on the opening day of the season or second day of the season, decided he'd had enough with the Dodgers, so he was charging the mound and kept Greinke out for, like, two months. Um, but I, I think it's the strikeouts, to be honest. He has 44 strikeouts this season, and when we were sort of, uh, I don't want to say insulting Miller, but saying he probably won't keep up these numbers, Shelby Miller has 43 strikeouts. So uh, it's not like Greg's putting up huge numbers like uh, Scherzer or Kershaw or some of these other guys, but he's pitched up as many innings. So I think when people Wait. look for those elite guys, yeah. They want the the nine ten strikeouts per nine innings kind of thing. But he can. I mean, he did it last year. He was at nine point two one. He's done it in the past with the Brewers. He had ten and a half one year. Uh, the Royals. He's had eight and nine. I'd say about half a season he's in the sevens, and then the other half of the season he's been in the eights and the nines. So it's for whatever reason yeah. he goes up and down with the strikeouts. But I mean, he's never been a bad pitcher. No. Uh, and you'd think he'd strike out more people when, in this era of 240 power hitters. You either hit home runs or strike out. Like, right. Maybe that's that's part of it. I don't know. Um, I honestly think he could make a run at the Cy Young this year. I think he if he keeps – he doesn't have to keep the ERA at 1.5, whatever. Um, I think if he just keeps winning – like that one year, sure, it was like – 13 and now or something like that. I think Granke could get to something like that because the Dodgers are so good. Um, and he just doesn't give up a lot of runs. So if he gives three runs in a game, the Dodgers can really score five or six to bail him out. He's playing the Diamondbacks and the Giants. And it's one other team I'm forgetting. Diamondbacks, Giants. My point is the most overwhelmingly Rockies. power heavy. Yeah. Well, we've got a pretty good so. offense, but. <laughs> yeah. So, not right now, but normally yeah. they do. <laughs> so, I think if he he, he could definitely get the wins uh, to compete for a Cy Young, um, and if he could just keep that ERA in like high twos, low threes, I think he could be right there. Yeah, but I, it should be interesting to see. I mean, I like Ranky. Uh, I've always thought he was better than people gave him credit for. For uh, but. That's sort of how fantasy baseball goes. People overrate people, underrate people. Um, all right, so I think I think the next thing I want to talk about was the hottest pitcher right now, which is Shelby Miller. Um, <laughs> right. Anybody, was, I think we were talking about him. <laughs> yeah, right. Shelby Miller with of the near no hit fame and like well, I got to look at his game log while we're talking. But uh, who else has come out of the game? faster than you thought. I mean, obviously Bartolo Cologne like, is doing stuff that nobody thought. Smoke tonight. <laughs> oh, well, there it goes. He's back in yeah. the pumpkin. Uh, <laughs> we jinxed him. But, like, is there anybody who's... It doesn't have to be that you thought he'd suck and he's now really good, like maybe Bartolo Cologne, but just somebody who, who came out of the gate a little faster than you had expected um, that you're sort of surprised I a, by? I think a couple guys I've been been looking at uh, Dallas... <laughs> Michael has been uh has has been phenomenal this year and just just last just just today through seven shutout innings. Uh the strikeouts for him, kinda like Grinky, aren't really there, but everything else is. Um so he he's kinda right there with, with Grinky level. Um a one point eight seven whip or ERA, nine five whip. That's pretty phenomenal, five and oh. Houston Astros are rolling and he's a big reason why. Um, is, is Dallas was Dallas Keiko the one who was? I know there was two with Colin McHugh. Keiko was the better one last year than McHugh. I always get them confused. Yes. That's remember? a good. That's a good question. I do not remember. Uh, I will look that up while you keep going. Uh, <laughs> who else? You? I I honestly confused. I 
same person. I want to I want to say Keiko was better too. I mean, I Q had like a middle of the season stretch where he was great, and then he bottomed out pretty bad. Uh, that's that's what I'm remembering for some reason. Um, the the other guy who I think people were down on a little bit. They liked him, but he kind of fell in drafts because of his second half last year with Sonny Gray. And Sonny Gray has been nothing short of great this year. Um, he's unfortunately 4-2 and two because of the athletics team, <laughs> and they're just yeah, not very yeah. good. At this point, they're not very good. Yeah, but you know, he started out 4-0, and oh, and even his last two losses uh, – He's lost his last two games. He's only allowed four runs combined. But strikeouts are higher than they were last year for him, I believe. He's at 57 so far. Uh, but but he's been he's been great. Uh, the only thing you got to worry about, and as an owner who has only seen him kind of trail off in the second half, is will he do it again? Uh, I had him last year in one of my leagues, and I traded him thankfully, just before the All-Star break and watched him drop off the edge of the cliff. <laughs> it was a pretty miserable second half for him. So I, yeah. I was pretty happy about that. Like, I was hesitant to trade him. I really was. And then when I did and saw him just just kind of crash back down to earth, then I was no longer sad. <laughs> well, that's, that's always the benefit of winning a trade. Um, yeah, I think... Gray is an interesting case um, because people do sort of think of him. Maybe it's because he's so skinny, uh, just sort of as like a frail guy. That first year, he only pitched 110 innings or something like that. He came up halfway through the season and was great. Then last year, he wasn't supposed to be the ace. uh, Jared Parker and A.J. Griffin had Tommy John, so then he was the ace. Uh, And maybe that was just a little too much work for him that early in his sort of career. Um, yeah, he went from 64 innings, you know, the the most he pitched was in 2012 when he pitched about 150, and he went all the way up to 219 last year. So I think the, yeah, you're right. I think just the, the number of innings he jumped up got to him. Yeah. So I think that's a good one, too. Um, I've sort of been really impressed with Garrett Cole, just uh, from my personal in my opinion, because – um, I had him last year, and it was sort of he was sort of a hot guy to be the next, you know, young rising piece. And he he was hurt, but he struggled a little bit. But I thought, okay, similar Sonny Gray syndrome. He was great that first year. Um, I thought maybe they they put a little too much on him last year. I think getting AJ Burnett back, who has a 1.5 ERA for the Pirates right now, which is amazing since his ERA was like 4.7 or something like that for the Phillies last year. That guy can uh, only pitch in Pittsburgh, by the way. It's I know. It's ridiculous. I don't – he's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to – I hate Philadelphia, so I'm going to move across the state to Pittsburgh. And I'm really – I'm like 23 years old again. I wonder if he's going to retire. He said he was going to retire after this year, but he doesn't look like he's uh, pitching too poorly that he'd have to retire because of skill. I mean, he's 38, but, yeah, I mean – And he seems to really like it in phenomenal. Pittsburgh. Phenomenal. Like, like, if you just want to hang out in Pittsburgh, just pitch one more season. I don't know. He's he's an enigma. But, um, yeah, Garrett Cole, I think if they had maybe had A.J. Burnett last year, would have had a better year. Um, he, he went 11-5. and CRA is 3.6, so it's not a terrible year. Um, I was just surprised that he came out so fast, and his ERA is 2.4 now. And he really looks like a sort of dominant frontline ace, striking out almost 10 guys per nine. He, I thought he'd be like a nice mid-tier pitcher if I was able to get him, like as my number two or three guy. I'd be if he was my number three, I'd be overly happy. If he was my number two, I coming into the season, I would have been a little worried, um, just because again he is so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, he looks like the real deal. Um, so good for the Pirates for uh, you know developing him because it's pretty easy to ruin a top prospect pitcher. Um, but, okay, I have the Colin McHugh and Dallas Keiko stats up, and they are almost indistinguishable. Uh, <laughs> really? They're the same. I'm telling you, they're the same person. Colin McHugh last year was 2.73 and struck out 157 batters. Uh, Keiko, 2.93, struck out 146 batters. 
both of their records were either a, one was 11 and 9, one was 12 and 9. Uh, this year, Keiko is 5 and 0, with a 1.87 ERA. And McHugh is 5 and 1 with a 3.38. So there we go. They can differentiate the two. Uh, McHugh, uh, McHugh pitched like 50 less innings last year. So I, I would say Dallas is probably the uh, the better one if we're just judging in our minds. Uh, but it's it's weird how similar they are. Uh, yeah, that, and that Mc, is. And McHugh, like we talked about Keiko, and people probably forget about Colin McHugh. He's got five wins. He struck out. 45 people in 50 innings. Like that's, that's not bad. It's not bad for an Astros team that most people thought was going to be terrible. Uh, God, pitching's weird. But, yeah, so those are my... Uh, that's why I don't pick. pay for it. <laughs> exactly, right? You find so many guys that are just legit farther oh, down the draft. You want to hear a, a sob story of mine? I don't know if I've told anybody this yet. Because uh, it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I'm I'm totally convinced. Uh, so on a Sunday, I get offered a trade. Hunter Pence for Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb is about to start throwing breaking balls the next day. I say, you know, this sounds pretty good, but let me sleep on it. I'll make the choice tomorrow morning. I wake up the next day. I go to work. Cobb blows out his arm. Trade's ruined. And oh. I'm stuck with a lemoned Alex Cobb, and Hunter Pence is now like nine for 14 or something with a home run and five runs. I'm like, God this sucks. <laughs> it is oh, the worst. Rough. It is the worst thing that, uh, worst trade I've ever, like, it's the most traumatic trade I've had for instance a while. But I was like, oh, I'm getting Alex Cobb for like real cheap if he comes back. But from now on, anytime they're like, we have no timetable for this pitcher's return, I'm, I'm running the other way. Uh, so, yeah, there's a story that I'm sure will yeah, live on me forever. That's pretty rough. <laughs> right? That's pretty bad. Um, oh, actually, one other guy I wrote down here that I was a little surprised by, Michael Pineda. Um, yeah. Him of, like, four walks same. Because he, I don't, I honestly don't remember who he was last year. I really just, the thing that sticks out is the pine tar incident, for better or worse. Um, but I just did not think he would be as good. Um, his ERA last year in 13 starts was a 1.89. It's like that's obviously points to good things, but he's really just never sort of held up since that first year in the, he was on the Mariners in 2011. He's been hurt. He's been kind of inconsistent. Um, do you think this is the year he sort of puts it all together? And Because he was a top prospect way back when. Uh, do you think this is the year he sort of delivers on it for the Yankees? You know, I, I'm not really sure. Um, I I think if you can get 180 innings out of him, you're you're uh, you somehow you should go play the lottery because uh, I'm just not sure he can do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. He. I'm trying to think what his highest. His highest innings, innings pitched was. Total it was 171 in 2011 for the Mariners. Right, and then he basically didn't play for three years, and then he played last year and got hurt. He has like not starts after the pine tar incident, which was annoying. He has, then, yeah, right. I don't think he got higher than 76 innings since 2011, and he's at 51 right now. Right. So you you could look at it as he's rested because he hasn't pitched that much um, in a long time. Or, he's still only 26 anyway. So. Right? So it's like, it's has not still like has plenty of life on his arm. I mean, he's definitely one of, you know, he's definitely great when he's out there. It's, you know, is he going to stay healthy? He just hasn't done it. So it, it honestly, if somebody, if somebody were to offer me, I have him in one of my leagues. If somebody were to offer me uh, another you know, legit pitcher back in return that's maybe struggling a little bit right now, but is normally good. I might pull the trigger because I I'm kind of afraid that he's just gonna fall apart on me. Yeah, that's one hard thing about fantasy baseball is falling in love with your uh, these guys who come out of nowhere and are dominant for a while. Like I have Ubaldo Jimenez, and I'm in the same boat. I'm like waiting feel, for it to happen. <laughs> I feel like I have to trade him because he's gonna blow up. Um, 
but at the same time, like problem in the past has been walks, and he's not walking as many people, and he's, you know, pitching into contact and getting ground balls. It's like maybe this could hold up. Uh, I think I got to trade him now, just because. Yeah, I don't think I, as I, don't think I can handle fan. the stress. I As an O's fan, man, I would, I would, I would, I would get rid of him. But he's just uh, he's been like my second best pitcher. It's amazing. It's like I just, I don't believe. I know people. They said they made some like uh, mechanics tweaks and stuff. And he's not pitching in cores anymore, but they, he goes up and down. But he just worries me. Everything about him worries me. I, I think I just need to get him off my team. Not because he's bad, but because I, it's just going to be a constant, like, is this the game he blows up or gets hurt and ruins everything? I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, it seems like every couple of years he switches back to being, like, really good again. You're like, ooh, okay, cool. And then he gets like, overdrafted the next year, and then nothing. <laughs> so It's like it's so frustrating um, just watching him pitch. Because he had the year on the Indians where he's 13-9 with a 3-3 ERA which came after a year on the Indians where he lost 17 games with a 5-4 ERA. Right. He was last year with his Oreo 4-8 this year. I mean, obviously in a much smaller sample size, 2-4. So I don't know what to do with him, and it scares the crap out of me. But, um, yeah, I think Pineda is interesting. It's a little more interesting than Ubaldo just because he had that top of the line pedigree and he hasn't had seasons where he sucked like Ubaldo has. He's just been hurt. Um, right. And that, and that Yankee team's been surprisingly good. Like, they're winning games. Not recently. I think they've lost like five in a row or something like that. But they're they're scoring runs. They're playing well with Ellsbury getting hurt and hurts their defense. But still. Just, it hurts uh, their offense, too. I mean, him and him and well, Gardner yeah. up top were, had like the, the most runs scored by any one, two all year. And they were both like top five and runs scored for the season. I mean, it was crazy. They were just getting on base and just running. Yeah. That's another thing. Uh, I mean, I know we're talking pitchers and this is a bit of a tangent, but the freaking Yankees are stealing bases. Like it's going out of style last year. Brett Gardner, I think had like 13 or 17 steals. He already has like Mm -hmm. nine or 10. They're just going for it. Um, I guess Derek Jeter didn't like stealing bases, so nobody could steal bases. No. Uh, that's that's my that's my opinion, but um, yeah, Subaldo so is weird. Pineda's three walks this season also very weird, uh, but that is baseball. All right, so moving on. You said you were thinking about if somebody offered you a good pitcher who was struggling for Pineda, you would consider it. Um, who are the, in your mind, the struggling pitchers that are worth maybe going out and getting, buying low? Um, there are some guys who are playing terrible right now. There's some guys middling. Um, do you have any people in mind when you were thinking if somebody offered you for uh, like a, obviously not a Kershaw, but was there a picture in mind? Was there a picture <laughs> in mind? Kershaw for Pineda, I might take it. <laughs> I think I think you should uh, like consider it. Just maybe. Um. I really haven't given it a whole lot of thought, but you know, I I guess you can look at. Uh, I'm not a Strasburg fan. He's one that popped up in my head for some reason, but um, even like a Julio Tehran, I've always been a fan of his. Um, I think I think he can turn things around. You know, I know wins are probably going to be hard to come by with him and the Braves, but yeah. You know, it's a, a theory I've always kind of lived by. Like, don't chase wins. It's just too hard. I've I've yeah. had bad. I've had pitchers on bad teams win more games than good pitchers on really good teams. It's just you you can't explain it. Um. Yeah, he he's definitely one of the ones that comes to mind. You know, a, a Carrasco. I might take a Carrasco. I think he's gonna get things situated here. All the peripherals for Carrasco are there. Um, he's just getting unlucky. So, you know, guys like that, I would definitely take. Even the Tyson Ross, you know, his, his numbers aren't where people would hope they were at this point. But I'm just, you know, I think I would rather have them and the fact that they are healthy and would likely stay healthy the rest of the year. Yeah. I, 
obviously Tommy John's run rampant in the league, so anything can happen. But they haven't had the injury history that somebody like Pineda has had. So there, there's some guys that I would possibly, you know, that I would I would really consider taking over a Pineda. Yeah, I I was going to say Tyson Ross. Um, and pretty much, I don't know if I'd say any one of the Padres. I don't know if you could also say James Shields is a buy low candidate because his ERA is right around four, um, but he's also striking out like 12 people per nine or something like that. In a odd twist of fate, he's now like a massive strikeout pitcher. Um, so maybe somebody like him just because his strike, like his home run rates are so unsustainable, just giving up. I think most of the runs he's given up in the last four or five games have just been off of home runs. Um, he struck out 11 people last night and gave up two home runs, and then he got a no decision because of the two home runs. So his ERA is 3.74. So maybe somebody like that. Um, if we had this talk last week, I would have said Corey Kluber would have been a great one. Right. <laughs> and now that, now that I immediately thought of that, and then said, nope, he's had 31 strikeouts in the last two games. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. It's like, uh, damn, you missed, if you were looking to get Corey Kluber, you missed your window by about a week and a half. Um, I was kind of pissed they didn't let him pitch the ninth just because that would have been fun all around. It didn't help me at all because I don't own him in any league. But that was pretty amazing to see, especially after Pineda struck out 15 or 16. It's like, well, I guess i I got to go for the strikeout record now. So that was interesting now. There's a so guy in one of my leagues that, because he was pitching so bad, actually put him on his bench that 18th strikeout game. See, that's even worse than me not trading Cobb for Pence. I don't think I could ever live with myself. I think I would have just quit the league like on that moment. Like, I'm done. I'm done. Especially, I think he gave up, what, one hit or something? God. It, yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. I think he gave up one hit and hit one batter. Um, but still, it was amazing. He would have been like the buy low candidate. And if you had bought him low last week, good for you. But uh, it seems that window has sort of closed. Um, who else? I don't know. I just think the Padres, and I, I don't know why I'm so stuck on the Padres. I think it's because I have Justin Upton and Matt Kemp on most of my teams, so I've seen a lot of these games. Just uh, They seem to be getting just a lot of their pitches just get rocked into the stands. Yeah. And if some of those just stay in the yard, turn into doubles instead of home runs, or turn into outs, um, even Craig Kimbrell is getting rocked. So there's something weird going on in San Diego that I just can't explain. But yeah, I was it that game I was watching where I guess they put this giant scoreboard up in left field and it's actually blocking all the wind that was holding all the balls in the park? So now that there's like no wind, they can just crush the ball. Oh, damn it. So it's it's not even – it's a literally a park factor because they've ruined their advantage. Well, maybe they wanted to, like, make more offense for their inept offense, their inept offensive batters from last year. But uh, that is kind of strange that they would – something like that is uh, playing into these giant home runs being hit there. All right. Uh, who else would I buy low? Uh, I don't know. I'm still. It's still a little early for me to try to trade for pitching. Um, would you trade for pitching halfway through May, or do you try to wait a little longer? I mean, it depends on the deal. But uh, I mean, I feel like in May is when you can get some buy low candidates. Like, I'm pretty sure there were a ton of trades for Kluber two weeks ago. Um, so you you can absolutely fine deals at this point in the year, but I generally don't make a lot of moves the first two months of the season. I'm still feeling on my team. Players are still feeling themselves out in general. Um, and, you know, getting into the swing of things, you know, there's some players that take a couple months to really start showing who they're going to be. And so I don't like to make moves super, super early. Um because I drafted my team to set it up a certain way to be as successful as possible. And if I start messing with that chemistry, and I've done it in years past where I think I'm just getting like this great deal, and 
it ends up blowing up the chemistry of my team. And so I end up being really weak in a category that I thought I was going to be good in because I made the trade thinking I was really helping myself out. And so I, I've just, this year I've just not done a whole lot of anything and it's obviously paying off because I'm in like first and second and almost every single one of my leagues. So, um, maybe I'm just getting lucky with it and probably am, but it's, you know, it's, it's just something I, I usually live by. And last year I didn't, and it burnt me pretty bad. So I, I went back to it. Well, yeah, I, I think, um, training for pitching early is kind of weird and hard just because people can go on like crazy hot runs or like Carrasco, we talked about he wasn't great the first half of last year and then sort of lit it up the second half. So you might've traded him and you only really need half of the season of just dominant pitching from a guy from to really be worth it. So trading for pitching early, I find to be pretty difficult. I like to trade for batters more often than hitters this early because somebody goes out to a 180 start guys might be like, Oh, this is terrible. I'm getting rid of them. Well, if your pitcher has a five ERA, but he's striking out enough people, you can sort of see, some good coming down, coming down the pike. Um, but there are also all right. Next topic I wanted to move to the injured pitchers. Um, there's quite a few that are coming back this season. <laughs> um, I will take Jose Fernandez off the table because he'd probably be the one you'd pick. Yeah, if all of these guys like Corbin, actually before we even get to that. Jaime Garcia is pitching tomorrow. Do you have any faith in him to be good or hold up for nine innings without his arm falling off? Sure. Um, <laughs> not very I convinced mean, or not very No, not though. really. Uh, that guy, I don't – I see I, in the same way. I don't think he – I don't think he yeah, can I hold mean, up. Yeah, the last two seasons he's just – yeah, yeah. And he hasn't even really been that good when he was in there. He's been mediocre. Um, nah, I mean, I just somebody else wants to go grab him and take the risk that he's gonna be his 2010 self again. You know, go for it. But I, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna bother. It's so. It's so it, I just find it so unique how many injuries he has, and it's just like, oh, I make serious. He's not dead yet. He's back. He's pitching again. He's going to start. Uh, I mean, all this is happening because Wainwright's hurt, obviously, but um, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's just going to be a weird, interesting game to watch that I'll probably, hopefully it's not during work tomorrow, so I don't actually have to do work. I can just watch MLB.com or something. Um, what I was getting to was some of those injured guys like uh, Patrick Corbin, Ivan Nova. I don't know if Capuano came back yet, but there are a few injured pitchers who are coming back Um Brandon Morrow, you thinking to stash any of these guys? Maybe picking them up if you see them on the waiver wire, or are you just sort of saying I'm, you know, there's, I'm pretty set with my lineups so far. Honestly, none of the guys coming off the waiver wire or off the DL that would be available are anybody I'm really targeting. Um, there's a lot of guys on the DL that are going to miss the rest of the year. That if they were coming back. I would, I would target them. I guess Matt Moore would potentially be one, but the problem with him is what he's coming back in late July, maybe August. So you're getting a month and a half of him. Um, actually, I guess I'm reading June. I thought the last time I read this, it said July. Um, yeah, that's probably going to be late June. You know, Matt Moore could be a dominant pitcher if he could potentially be somebody that if you've got an open DL spot right now, I go stash him. I think he can, he can kill it. Um, but other than that, like I was, I was just glancing through the names here and there's just not a lot out there that, you know, Matt Kane maybe, but he's not Matt Kane that he used to be. You got Verlander out there. He's not really doing it. Um, that's actually, let's talk about Justin Verlander. Cause I, I have no faith in Justin Verlander anymore. Um, his last couple of seasons haven't been great, but I feel like people still are sort of thinking of him as the old Verlander. Yeah. Do you think, what, what, I'm thinking he gives us a 4-2 two, 
ERA to a 3-9 ERA. Strikes out some people. Like, But I just think he's kind of a mid-back-end rotation guy, mid-rotation at the best. Um, do you think that you could expect anything more than that? Because I don't. No. No. It's no. kind of I mean, He really fell off pretty fast. But, uh, he really did. It was shocking. I mean, he went from Cy Young candidate to a guy who's the fourth starter on most teams. It was just bizarre. Uh, yeah, I know his velocity went down, but he he would think that he was a good enough pitcher to to do what he did. You would think he was doing it without the velocity. Sometimes it's two. That's crazy to think about. No, I yeah. I don't. I don't trust him at all. I don't want anything to do with him. Um, nah, not not even close. <laughs> yeah, I'm staying away from Verlander. Um, the only injured guy that I was sort of looking at was Patrick Corbin. Um, just because he's been out for so long, it's been like more than a year. And I know people say Tommy John takes 16 to 18 months. So he's had enough time, I think, because uh, he got hurt last spring training. Mm-hmm. So this is about 14 to 16 months that he's been out. The Diamondbacks, obviously, they don't play in a great hitter's park. But he was really, really good before he got hurt. He's got, you know, Goldschmidt on his team, so he can get a few wins. Um, just out of the guys, like, sort of looking through, obviously, Yvonne Nova. Like, some of these players, I don't have a lot of faith in to be good, even if they do come back. Um, and I think with... Corbin, he could at least be pretty, pretty solid three five ERA, which I guess actually now is probably pretty really good. So let's say a three seven ERA. If I'm, we're saying like, just solid, um, striking people out. I just think he's going to be in the rotation. They're going to give him the chances to pitch, and I don't think they're going to hold him back too much. So that would be that would be my choice of uh, injury riddled pitchers at the moment. But, the other guy, uh, the the one last guy I noticed on there was Iwakuma. And what would you think about him? Well, I would definitely hold Iwakuma, but I wasn't putting him in that class of uh, being on the uh-huh. waiver wire. I think Iwakuma... He, he struggled early this year. Maybe it was because he was injured, but uh, you know he struggled early last year and he struggled early this year. Um, I had him. I actually ended up dropping him in, uh, in my league just last night because – Ellsbury went on the deal, and I needed the DL spot open for somebody else. And it was, do I want to hold both and just burn a spot, or have yeah. Iwakuma on the waiver wire? And I gave up Iwakuma, which I didn't really want to do. But I mean, you know, he had, I... he's been shut down again just last week for like another ten to fourteen days. So it's like I don't even know when he's these, coming back at this point. These lat injuries have been very, very problematic. Um, because that's what's keeping Anthony Rendon out now is a lat injury. It's, it's it's so strange that these people, these these pitchers and these batters are just they're just straining their side. Uh, it's kept them out, especially with Iwakuma because he he hurt that like in the middle of April, so it's probably a month ago. Uh, if I remember correctly, they didn't say it was too bad of a strain, like four to six weeks, so he should be coming back around now, if it was the best-case scenario. But it seems like he's shut down again. A lot of setbacks this year, too, which has been really frustrating. To just have players be like, oh, there's news. Oh, Anthony Rendon, his knee's fine, but now his lat muscle's not, so you're never going to get to use him. I feel like it's going to get to September. It's going to get to, like, August. They'll be like, we're just going to shut him down. Have you bought him? Or use your first pick on him? We're sorry. He's just not playing this year. Like, um, Yeah. I got him in two leagues, and I'm not happy. <laughs> it's the worst. It really is the worst. Um, but, yeah, I would have considered Iwakuma sort of above that category of guys to be on the waiver wire. But, you know, in a shallower league where you don't have that many DL spots. Um, he's actually only owned – I'm looking at ESPN right now. He's only owned in 46% of leagues. So he's out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, wow. He's 82%. And I bet he, I bet he got dropped in – uh, a lot of leagues after this recent news came out. Yeah. Um, setbacks are never a good thing because they say, oh, mm-hmm. they can't. Like, he's not going to pitch for another five days. 
and then they're going to have him just do long toss or just catch, and then they're going to work on some other stuff. Then they'll get to breaking balls, then they'll do simulated games. So it's a long road back for pitchers. But, yep. Um, yeah, and like in my you're, league, you're I talking have, you're talking the end of June earliest he comes back. That's a long time yeah. to hold a pitcher who has a six foot six six ERA right now. Yeah, if you are short on most of my leagues are on CBS, which is sort of unlimited DL spot, which is pretty nice. Um, except when you need to when somebody goes on the DL and you look and there's nobody because everybody's just hoarding DL players. But I'm able to keep them because I have such deep DL spots. But if I was in a tighter league, it might get pretty tough. Um, like a one team I have, Rendon and Ellsbury, like you said, like uh, I'm not going to keep Ivacumo or either of those guys. So um, if he is out there, I think he might be worth a stash if there's some good news coming up. Uh, if you get another set of bad news, I might sort of just jump ship totally. Yeah, I mean, I was, like I said, I was trying to hold him, but I just couldn't. It just, I, was, I've, got Dave, I've got David Wright and Ellsbury holding my two DL spots, and I wasn't dropping either one of them. Yeah, he was so good down the stretch the last year. Um, he was. Just like, and he had the same injury concerns early in the season and sort of got it going, but he came out of that gate so bad that it's definitely, he's definitely worth dropping, or not dropping, he's definitely worth considering to drop. Um, so, I don't know. The, the Mariners have been just under underwhelming, except for Nelson Cruz all around. So maybe it's just that. Maybe it's just a, a, a giant vortex of disappointment that from the uh, pumped up early season predictions. Um, all right. Last sort of thing I wanted to get to was the, how you thought the rookies have been doing so far. And then we talked about rookies, I think a few weeks ago, maybe, I don't know, but I just want to talk about Noah Syndergaard because I own him in like every single league and he looks, <laughs> he, he's looked really good. Um, I'm a little worried that they're going to put Dylan G back in there, but I don't, I think he's pitched well enough to sort of say cement him spot there, and he's their top prospect. I gotta believe they're gonna yeah, stick with him. But uh, what have you He'd thought of this? You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Okay. You obviously the, the Kevin Gossman saga take place right before your eyes. Um, it's it's unfortunate he's on the DL because he'd be a starter right now with Bud Norris on the DL. I think. Yeah. yeah. Although, hey, then we wouldn't have had Mike Wright pitch his gem on Sunday. Maybe Kevin Gossman would have pitched the gym and perhaps. Uh, Although Gossman actually knows. kind of struggled in out of the pen this year, so who knows? Anyway, uh, uh, Noah yeah. Syndergaard. What do you? Syndergaard. What do you think of so him? So I was fortunate to pick him up in one of my leagues, and so I paid a little bit of attention to him because of that. Um, uh, he's been good. I think he. I mean, he got a little roughed up the first game. Uh, yeah. I think he only went like four innings or something like that, or no, he went five, uh, and he was he was cruising along, and then I if I could spell, I could pull him up here. I mean, uh, got, he was got cruising along, and then got hit for three pretty quickly in that in that sixth inning, and didn't get didn't get through, um, but. Pitch pitch really well against Milwaukee, but that's Milwaukee. We'll we'll see what he does against Pittsburgh this Friday. You know, that's not Pittsburgh's still not the greatest lineup. But yeah. you know, McCutcheon and Marte and Polanco and even uh Kang, they can they can all hit it out. So we'll see what happens. I think he's gonna have his ups and downs. He's still really, really young. But he's definitely worth grabbing in in your leagues for a, for a back end rotation guy that's got a lot of upside. He's definitely got the stuff to to be an elite pitcher. It's just whether or not he puts it all together consistently. I think consistency is going to be the big factor with him. Um, and just yeah. pitch count. You know how much how much are they really going to let this guy pitch? And like you said, G's coming back what this weekend or next week, and <clears throat> are they going to keep Syndergaard there or are they going to put him back down? Limited innings, and you know, keep um, blanking on his name. Keep um, Nice in the in the rotation instead, because Nice has been pitching fantastic as well. So I don't know how you could send him yeah. down. 
it's been, you're clearly not sending Degrom or anybody. You know, Harvey. Or, you're not sending those guys down. <laughs> they should. They should definitely take Matt Harvey out of the rotation for no. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, that makes he's, little sense. Um, <laughs> I know for a little while they were doing a six-man rotation, so maybe they do something like that. Yeah, I don't think they would do that. And the reason why is because you want Matt Harvey to pitch as often as possible for that team. Harvey and DeGrom are going to be how this team makes the playoffs. Well, and I think they were only they were only looking to do it for a couple like a, a little bit of time just so that they can have Matt Harvey pitching at the end of the season. They don't want to like over exert him in April that's true. and May. Um, true. So it obviously wouldn't be for the whole season, which would give Dylan G enough time to turn back into Dylan G and just be relegated to whatever fate happens to him. And that's really mean for me to say, but I really just think I want Noah Syndergaard in there. Um, I asked Stefan this last week when we were talking prospects, but obviously the Mets in the last couple of years have had three really good rookie pitcher performances from Harvey DeGrom and Matt, not Matt Harvey. I said him already. Zach Wheeler. Um, Mm-hmm. If if Syndergaard gets 120 innings, whose rookie year do you sort of see him producing the closest to? If you you know know them off the top of your head, great. If you have to go look them up, that makes sense too. Um, I personally thought more Zach Wheeler. Um, that's what I told Stefan, just because I think the strikeout potential is there, and I think Zach Wheeler struck out 170 people last year, if I am, you know, quoting my stats correctly. But, um, I don't know. It's interesting that they, every year they sort of bring up another new young guy and just throw him out there. He got 185 innings last year, which was yeah. really nice if you if you owned him, and he struck out 187 people. So, about a batter and inning, I think uh, Syndergaard could do that. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, that's probably the safest option. I mean, he Wheeler went 500, had a ERA in the mid threes, you know, struck out a batter in an inning. Um, the the Grom was roughly about the same, to be honest. Um, except his ERA was uh, a bit better in, in the in the mid twos. I think. It's, I, it's probably closer to the Wheeler range, but I think he's kind of in between Wheeler and DeGrom. Um, I don't think we're going to see anybody reproduce what Hardy did. You don't think we can see him start, start the All-Star game this year? <laughs> probably not. But I'm sure I'm sure Mets fans would lose their minds if, if Syndergaard pitched at Matt Harvey levels. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think the, the Mets would, if they could... Trade for a bat or two. I think they could be prohibitive favorites if they could get a, one more pitcher like a Harvey. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of somewhere in between the Wheeler and Degrom range, probably higher to the you know leaning a little bit toward Wheeler because uh, I just think Syndergaard's a more touted prospect. He's got you know generally better stuff from what all from what all I've read. And so I, I think that's that's the way I would lean. Yeah, I think uh, I I also just think Degrom had such a sparkling ERA last year and pitched so well um, for like long stretches. I just don't know if I want to put that much faith in a rookie pitcher to have a two six ERA after no. 140 innings. Zach Wheeler seemed like he had a good rookie season. But it seemed like a rookie season that was believable. If you had told me before the year, like, oh, this is what he'll do. He'll go 11 and 11. He'll have some good games. He'll have some bad games. He'll walk some people. Um, Actually, sorry. But, last year, his rookie year, he went 7 and 5. I'm looking at last year. I'm sorry about that. But he was still well, roughly roughly the same ERA. Um, uh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, 7 and 5. still about the months. same. But, but same thing. He, his, what was his whip? Because that's something I would be interested in. Uh, 1.3. He did walk a lot of guys. He did so walk that, a lot of guys. He seemed to have this, the typical rookie struggles that DeGrom didn't seem to have last year. DeGrom right. sort of came out. He struggled for like a one or two games, and he was just like, oh, I got this. Major League Baseball, no problem. Well, Wheeler, he'd have a good game. He'd have two good games, and then he'd 
they stumble for a couple of weeks and they get back going good and they stumble. So I just yeah, think, it's uh, typical rookie inconsistencies exactly. that you always see. Like these guys are going to be good, you know, even hitters. You're seeing it with with guys like Jock Peterson, who is awesome, but he's going to hit home runs. He's he's going to hit for a relatively good average, but he's going to struggle. He's going to have his 0 for 4 with three strikeouts or four strikeout games. That's just how these guys are. They you know they they don't adjust to the major league level like the guys who have been in the major leagues adjust. So they don't make the adjustments as fast, and so they're always playing catch up. And yeah. It's rare to find the guy like Trout who's just going to come out and like gangbusters or like Harvey <laughs> and just crush it right away. So yeah. everybody wants the next Trout and the next Harvey and, you know, that guy, but they don't really exist. It's nice to have these rookies because they've got the talent, they've got the upside, they're going to give you good stats, they're going to help you win. But just realize they're gonna have these games where you just wish you didn't have them anymore. <laughs> yeah, but you can't um, you can't overreact to it because they're gonna turn around and give you a couple good starts in a row. That you know the next time out. Yeah, rookies are definitely should be thought of as they should add depth to your team after exactly. you being keys to your team. But um, it was interesting that you said the if the Mets traded for a bat, they'd sort of be in that that mix for the playoffs. I saw a couple of reports when Syndergaard first came out that the Cubs wanted to trade for Syndergaard. Um, I think it would probably have to be like a Addison Russell or Starling Castro swap because the Mets don't have a shortstop and the Cubs seem to have like three or four. That would be kind of interesting if you ended up on the Cubs um, just because they are that up-and-coming offensive power with not the greatest pitching after Arietta there, so... That'd be an interesting scenario to see uh, if he ended up on the in the also. Well, he's in the NL already. I don't know why I almost said that if he ended up in the NL. But what about uh, like Javier Baez? I see, think I, I think the Cubs I, could trade him. I think the Cubs could trade him, but I don't think the Mets would want him at this this point. He uh, hasn't done a lot to instill a lot of confidence, and it's kind of got passed over by. Arsmidian, Kintara, and then Russell. So, I think if anything, and he's playing they, pretty well in the minors right now. But yeah, he's. Uh, I think if anything, he's had they his would, struggles. They would trade Castro because he is a big money guy, and you know if they want to get their new shiny new toys in there um, with this new like super young core of the team, but. And again, also, I don't know if the Mets... So they were going after Tulo, and I don't know. I just don't see that happening. Who, for the Mets or the Cubs? The the Mets were going after Tulo. Yeah, that trade would definitely need to involve Syndergaard, maybe DeGrom or Wheeler or something. But anyway, the uh, intricacies of actual MLB trading are above our heads. We only worry about fantasy trades. Um, so we got... Minute left. We'll uh, sign off here, Joe. Again, as always, shout out your uh, all your info and where these people can find you. Read all your fun stuff. Yeah, uh, obviously you can find me on uh, so-called fantasy experts. I've actually got my waiver wire article coming out tomorrow, and a lot more of my stuff you can find on fantasysixpack.net. Uh, I think final. Fantasy six pack I don't know what I just said. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at fantasy six pack, all spelled out like I said earlier. Yeah, uh, you said you did. You start a podcast over there at Fantasy Six Pack. Yes, I did. Uh, I'm hoping to. I'm still working out the kinks, so I'm hoping to uh, get some guests on here soon. Once me and my co-host uh, kind of get a little bit more comfortable doing it, but we do okay. have a podcast of our own. It's not as easy as it seems, right? The no, other it side is not. <laughs> Especially getting the music to play, that it kills me. And we did we did a good job this week, but um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, no, it looks sounds pretty smooth. Yeah, thank you. It's only taken me 15 episodes or something like that to get it right, but um, yeah, <laughs> listeners listening. out there, go check out Joe's podcast. Um, Joe, if you tweet me the link, I'll tweet it out to all of our uh, our loyal so-called fantasy expert fantasy baseball podcast listeners. That's also see, it's a mouthful to say. We're going to work on getting a new 
quicker name, more trendy, Figured all out. that good stuff. Uh, but, Joe, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. We'll get you on in a couple more weeks. We're cycling through the roster here. So um, hopefully we can add a few more people because not that I don't love talking to all three of you guys, but we need some new blood in here. Um, but, again, it, <laughs> tonight, it's just you're, you guys are easy to get. Um, this is, you call me I've easy. Lo- <laughs> yeah, I've lost my train of thought now. Damn it, Joe. <laughs> I am Travis Pastor. You can find I'm me at totally the offended by that comment, man. You know what, Joe? We'll talk about this later. Uh, All right. Find my stuff on fantasy. I'm so out of it. The so-called fantasyexperts.com. I'm going to be putting up some fantasy football stuff coming up next week, so you can look for that. Again, there's always this podcast. So, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you guys next week. All right. See you guys. Bye, Joe.